Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Big Dick Donner. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. I want to see your nipples, but this is a Christmas show. Well, I'm sure Charles Dickens would have wanted to see your nipples. You could barely see them nipples. See? And these guys are really looking. I was a captain of industry, feared by men, adored by women. Adored! Come on! Let's be honest, Lou! You paid for the women! All day at work, all I hear is excuses. My back hurts. It's too heavy. I'm only four! Cue the theme song. Frank, you don't like Christmas much, do you? Like it? I love it. It's cold, but people stay home and watch television. Ad revenues go up 30%. All these idiots are going to be home watching the pool between 40 tonight. I am the biggest fan that Christmas ever had. Think I'm way off base here? Yes, you're, well, you're a tad off base Um, That thing looks like the, the Manson family Christmas special. Oh my gosh. Does that suck? It's Christmas Eve. It's, it's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer. We... We we smile a little easier. We 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 share a little more. For a couple of hours out of the whole year, we are the people that we always hoped we would be. All right. The year is eighty-eight. The season Christmas. The classic story Scrooge, but add a D. And it's crazy wacky times with Bill Murray, Scrooged, created by, uh, or directed anyway, by uh, friend of the pod, Dick Donner, uh, <laughs> done, um, uh, great cast, listen to this cast, uh, Bill Murray and Karen Allen, woo, top billings, yes, John Forsyth, Bobcat Goldthwait, Carol Kane, Robert Mitchum. Mike Pollard, Alfred Woolard, and a lot of faces uh, that you would recognize probably in John, Joel, and Brian Doyle Murray. The brothers, all in this one. Fun. Thanks for coming out, fellas. Uh, and we also get uh, Mary Ellen Trainer um, and a few other characters that you'll know because you've watched Dick Donner movies before, like Lethal Weapon. You'll recognize all these faces, like the psychiatrist from Lethal Weapon, the police chief from Lethal Weapon, uh... The guy who really likes the nipples. Uh, he's the guy who was fixing Murtaugh's house in Lethal Weapon 2. It makes me want to go out and buy rubbers. But anyway, that was that movie. That's This is this movie. This is Scrooged. Um, made for 32, brought in a cool 100 mil at the box office. Uh, and at this point, from, from some of the research I was doing, this is really the first uh, movie that Bill Murray carries on his own. Um, I think he was in some sort of uh, ensemble or never uh, top billing up to this point. So that, that was interesting if that is actually true. But I just said it, so I made it true. That is the case. Um, what are we coming in at? 100 minutes? Yep. Timing for a comedy, pretty good, eh? Not bad. This one, this one I've seen so many times. I think it was one of the first VHS movies it was definitely like in the first crop that we owned and uh when you started to be able to buy them instead of them costing like a hundred bucks for, yeah. for when they started <laughs> selling older ones at video stores this definitely was one that i'd owned 
This so, was just uh, on TV all the time, I feel like. Every Christmas, we would just watch it. Uh, the, along with Christmas Vacation, this was definitely one of those two. Uh, this is one of those... I like, all the time. This is one of those rare... Well, maybe not rare anymore, but certainly at this time, there weren't many, like... I don't know what the best way to describe it is. Obviously, a comedy, like adult comedy, I don't know if that's the right word, but, like, Christmas movies are usually, like, very touchy-feely, and, and this kind of turns that typical story on its head and adds a bit more Bill Murray. So, yeah. um, you don't get many movies like that, like um, uh, like Christmas Vacation, like that's, you know, that kind of funny funny comedy. They're usually more take the opportunity to be the heartfelt film. So I kind of, this one was always in the mix for me because it's one of the few that I actually prefer over the other type of Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah. like Bad Santa is another one, obviously. Yeah. We did that one last year. Something that's I just like, not a hallmark fucking typical, right? You want yeah. something with like a tiny bit of edge to it at least, right? Or at least something that makes it unique. This, this I think has that. I think a I think Bill Murray's the appropriate guy to carry a movie like this too. He's fucking. If this is his first thing, I think he did a pretty good job holding it. This is yeah. uh, this is like uh, also. I found what I one thing I found in this movie this time watching it was that uh, they make his. I mean, his character. I, they all. I always found his character to be unlikable, but they go to the deca- they go to the depths to try and make him. He he like throws away his secretary's child's. Uh, coloring picture off the wall. He crumples it up and throws it in a trash can. He steals a yeah. cab from an elderly woman. He he accepts a humanitarian award while he doesn't flicking just, he doesn't the head. Just, he doesn't just steal that cab. He flips her off as it pulls away. Yeah, yeah. and says, bye-bye, Grandma. Bye-bye. Yeah. yeah, and then as soon as he does that, he accepts a humanitarian award. <laughs> where, where the statue is a uh, is a an adult holding a child on his shoulders, and as he's accepting the award, he's flicking the back of the head of the child with his <laughs> finger, then leaves the humanitarian's award in the cab and doesn't even take it with him. Yeah. So, this uh, guy, yeah, this guy Frank Cross. I mean, being the president of a TV station has got to be hard. But as he's trying to pull together his Christmas lineup, including. A huge production of A Christmas Carol with more nipples and stapled mouse antlers. Uh, Frank um, is pretty hard on everybody. So he fires an executive in front of everybody who goes insane. Um, And then he starts uh, putting some really crazy ads on TV to promote shit, which includes like, uh, uh, which kills an old lady. And he's very, very, very happy about that. That his ad killed a, an old lady. Yeah, you know what? That was interesting too. Was his ad was fear based? Yeah. So he was trying to use like it's so funny today, and and that's all politics is. Is a lot of the bad politics is like scaring people into voting for you because the other person is so scary. His ad was scary to get you to watch their yeah. their show. It was terrifying. <laughs> he was he was he was playing on that emotion. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, and then when he kills the woman who has the heart attack, he was very excited about that. He's yeah, you can't he buy this can't. press. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, yeah, which adds to the whole mystery. Anyway, so after Frank does some insanely questionable things, he has his office exploded by his former uh, the former president uh, who 
he tries to shoot with a gun, discovers that he's a uh, ghost and is told that he'll be visited by three ghosts. Well, I mean, you know the Scrooge story, right? There's the ghost of the Christmas past, Christmas present and Christmas future. And what forms will they take as Frank tries to, I don't know, find some self-redemption perhaps? And what will happen by the end of it? Will he save the world or will he not at least save Christmas? Dun, yeah. Dun. Duh. My my fear is like they may have made his character almost too over the top. Like 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 the character in Groundhog Day is an ass, but he's not like evil. They almost right. make his character evil yes. in this, and so so when he becomes good again, it's a huge transformation. But but is someone who's so far gone, even with the fear of death. Like, does he just turn around and start enjoying people's company and and being able to, like, have conversations with people? Because he's so dismissive and and rigid and arrogant and cutthroat and black-hearted. Is his transformation, my question is, is is perhaps his transformation too, uh, is it plausible? I'll tell you why I think it is. I spent some time thinking about because we discussed how he's unlikable and discussed if you can come back from that. And you think he's about as unlike- good as it gets, right? And you yeah. think about Jack's character. That character I find to be way more dislikable. I find him to be way more of an asshole. But why, right? Because we know from watching what we watch here that Bill Murray's character is capable of the exact same stuff, right? There's no obvious racism, but I mean, he's obviously a cruel guy. He talks about like stapling the things to the mice's head and, uh, you know, he cares little for anybody but himself and, and driving that success. So um, what is the difference there and how can we come back from that? And I think the thing is, is that Bill Murray, it seems to be he's less, it's less of a realistic portrayal of an asshole. It's more cartoony almost. It's more uh, wild, right? So to see him go from that and then come back, I mean, especially like it would be terribly traumatic to find yourself in your own coffin burning alive. Like that would be the kind of thing that stands out in your mind and might make you flip, uh, you know, pull a 180 as far as a perspective. So I, I think that's the difference. I think it's because he's a little bit more to the extreme. Do you know what I mean? His, he's a uh, Jack Nicholson's character just seemed so grounded in reality. And Bill Murray seems more like a caricature of what we might expect or like a stereotypical studio exec, right? So to me, I think that's the difference and that's why it works, the transformation. I think, but I think uh, in Good As It Gets, Jack Nicholson's character is very well um, set up that he has some real um, mental issues. Yes. And, and, and those mental issues are causing the problem and he does start taking pills and he he starts to be able to manage it a little bit more, whereas Bill Murray's character is basically they. I feel like they make him a sociopath, uh, or a psychopath, <laughs> one of those two, and uh, who's just greedy and hungry for power. And um, then, and when he gets around Karen Allen's character, he becomes less like that. But once she experiences issues with her workers his true his true colors come out and he he says she she should fire them and 
they're volunteers because yeah. no one will pay them and you have to scrape these people off and like you have to be out for yourself so so he is Are kind those of true colors though because the movie spends time showing us how he actually in his beginnings um was like a really kind, nice, hardworking guy, like a really loving, you hit fun, the loving guy. Yeah, yeah, when he's the dog and yeah. stuff. So yeah. the thing is, is that I believe that he has been hardened by this kind of corporate world. I think that's, that is still in him. So the transformation doesn't seem unrealistic to me. It doesn't seem like he's turning into someone that he's never been, right? It, it seems more of like a, I wouldn't want to say regression because it definitely seems like growth, but, um, but you know, like a, a mirror image more of who he used to be as opposed to who he became in the middle. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, and his brother, even with his brother and stuff, he, he seems to, to be hard that he's gives him that hardened. And then his secretary who knows him best, um, the fact that she stays with him is shocking. Um, she has that doctor's appointment with her kid who's clearly has some issues. And he, she said she, she booked it months ago and he's like, I don't care. You're staying. I'm staying. I'm working late. So you have to work late. And then he gives her a bath towel <laughs> instead of a VCR. Like, like to her face. I'm shocked that she doesn't quit and get a job working at a fast food restaurant. I mean, maybe the money is really good. And she can only support her family. Um, cause oh. she does have her mother living with her and, and a whole bunch of other kids. And she's, yeah, well, she's like, York. she's executive assistant to the president of a, yeah. Of a so network. I mean, she's so, yeah, probably a, making that, decent coin, but, but she well, gets she a bath towel as a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not cool. Um, so, I mean, you guys are making me think real hard about how serious I, I'm taking this movie right because we have ghosts and and all that kind of stuff i know in the original story scrooge is a dick unfortunately it's been a while since i've revisited a christmas carol so i can't remember exactly all the bad shit he's done i think he like he's just a miser i think like a a shrewd businessman and he's not really pleasant with people i think is the original i don't know if he does much worse than that if he's like ripping people off or 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 doing like a slum lord or something he's a recluse he's a recluse and he's yeah yeah, I mean, so I mean, this is Bill making Murray's light of that. It's it's a comedy, and so are, are the things that that Bill Murray does at the start. Like, is is it just supposed to be so outrageous and funny, or are, are we supposed to think he's a bad guy, or like Colin? I was like kind of stricken with like how fucked up they made him. Yeah, for this, like for the shit that he did, he's still charming and funny, and he's still Bill Murray, and so you do. It is hard for you not to like him. Even in his like dis- the disgusting behavior, he he, you still there's still something about Bill Murray that is charming, yeah. Um, and 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 so it is tough. It's it's yeah. And then they give him like his boss and that new guy who comes in, and they're like total assholes, and they're kind of like the the protagonists uh, are the antagonists for him. Um, his one boss is crazy and then this new guy is clearly trying to you know come in and steal his thunder so they they give him some stuff like that to um i just i just find the stuff with him with karen allen he i guess i guess that works because he becomes so soft when he hears her voice or he sees her face and and he does soften yeah and but then he tells the guy to 
but then he tells the guy to staple antlers to a mouse. So in front of her, uh, <laughs> so so it's it's a balancing act by Bill Murray and the writing and the for sure. Well, then he's charmed by how she reacts, and he's like, mm. "Oh right, you, you're trying to save the world." It's it's uh, everyone in this movie. If I'm thinking about it, is is pretty straight. Um, like uh, Bobcat Goldthwait is probably slightly wackier than Bill Murray oh, yeah. ends up being in some scenes. And then the, the the all the ghosts are are well. I mean, the the future ghost is just the Grim Reaper, so it doesn't really do much. But yeah. Carol Kane and um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, David Johansson. Um, they're both not straight either, but they're not real, and we can't really see them. So. So it's interesting. So so the fact that so many people in this movie are like living a straight world and there's just some like crazy things going on makes me buy into how serious it is about Bill Murray's character getting set up to be such a such an unlikable guy. And he I I guess they do set it up pretty well though that he used to be different and you can see some of that come out with when Karen Allen is around. Um but then when he when he goes to see her at the shelter and he's she's trying to leave and then he like starts losing his mind that she won't go with him that very moment um i guess he's converting back to his to his harsh self but he treats her so crappily there um i don't see how she would ever see him again and this movie the weight it carries like is it a comedy am i reading in too much of it no i think that there are moments in this movie that are like meant to be straight and serious and powerful um and so then I have to take his reactions and, and all that kind of stuff into account the way I do. So, But but yeah. I think they play it. The writing is is good because she and everybody else at the at the shelter sees him on TV and she and he, she sees him acting the way he's acting. And then he brings her up. So she's already kind of been sucked in by his his transformation on television before he brings mentions her name. And then she goes running to him. So, so she softens from that previous experience, I think, mm. um, along with everyone else who's watching him on television. I think so. Like, think about somebody that you were in, like, a romantic relationship, someone that you were, like, you know, really into. They could, you could give them a fucking break on being a dick to you, even, like, a major dick, if you saw yeah. something that was that significant. Ugh, that significant. Well, I mean, you could have in 88. I mean, I, I feel like there's some red flags today, but... But I mean, it, it seems I mean, it was to work. red flags always. But I think it that I'm just saying. Work. I think you you give that person a chance. If you're like, I mean, not if you respect yourself like a lot of people. But <laughs> yeah. if you're the majority of people, you probably are giving them a second chance. Yeah, I like. I I feel like they play that well. Um, at the end where he has his transformation and his big speech and stuff. So the ghost. So there's well, there's three ghosts, but then his his boss. So yeah. the special effects in this movie are actually fairly good for 1988. The explosion when his boss shows up. Brent mentioned the makeup. Yeah, the um, makeup on him. The makeup on him is really good. The that when he puts when he puts Bill Murray through the window and his arm comes off, it's super good as well. Yeah. Um, Bill falling and all of that. It, like I'm, I was actually really shocked with how good the special effects were in this movie for a comedy in '88. Yeah, the directing was like super solid. The transitions, editing, everything like that, technically, I, I really liked. Like just continuing to that scene where he's falling and then he lands in his chair. Yeah. I think that's all That's all good stuff. Yeah, and his boss is, uh, the scene between him and his boss is, is really funny. 
where uh, <laughs> I think Brett does the line where he, he says he was uh, men wanted to be him and women wanted him. And he's like, come on, you paid for the women. <laughs> I love his candor with the ghost. And uh, he's afraid of him at first and shoots him. Also, the, that, I mean, that joke's been so overdone. But at the time, it was a really funny joke where he shoots him and then he drinks. And then the, the liquid comes out of all of the bullet holes. That was fun. Like the way that guy's body works is that it is just one big storage container from the shoulders down because he shoots him a bunch of places that wouldn't be holding fluid and they all yeah. pour whiskey out of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's basically yeah. a canteen. Yeah, no, he is. And like for, for a comedy, um, some of those scenes could be like they, they ramped up. It, it wasn't not scary. Let's say that it would be low on a scare meter. This isn't a scary movie, but it's like there's tension around the, the the ghost doing things creepy that you'd be like, what the fuck? He's putting him out a window or they're like, uh, she keeps punching him in the face, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And the um, flashbacks are great when when the the first ghost takes him. I love the stuff in the cab where the the cabbie's uh, nameplate says "Ghost of Christmas Past," and the the dial that spins for the rates is the years of where they're going and stuff, and yeah. the fog, the mist, or whatever. And the cab is super old. Uh, the cabbie is a famous actor, which none of us can remember his name, but he's really good. David Johansson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really funny and like he's super boisterous and hilarious. And his picture on IMDb makes him look like Steven Tyler. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I love when he and the jokes. He's he's always like really jokey. And when he when he walks through the door and Bill Murray walks into the door. And yeah, like, I love that bit. <laughs> yeah, that he's great. All, that shit's all great. Yeah, Carol Kane's great father. though too. Like as far as the ghosts go, like John said, the last one's whatever, but. The ghosts in this are like a huge part of what makes it. Oh, Carol great. Kane is one of the best parts of this movie. Yeah, her voice, the outfit, uh, him, her whole her, character is hilarious. And him, she, him being transported by physical violence is also yeah. a really funny by such a dainty woman. Like, yeah, yeah that's a what dainty, makes it super good. In pink with wings, and yeah, she apparently had a really tough time doing those like getting getting ready and doing those scenes and uh apparently when she grabs bill murray's lip she pulled so hard she like ripped his lip and they had to take a few days off until that until that healed yeah unintentionally so um oh no yeah not the easiest thing to do i also i heard that this movie like what ended up coming was nothing like the original script and that there's like so much footage left on the cutting room floor that they basically overfilmed and then just tried to smash together what they could yeah, but I mean, that's what you're supposed... I think, like, that is what you're supposed to do. Like, are, that's what they used to do. They don't do that anymore. They just keep everything. Yeah, like, shoot everything and edit it tight. Like, but once again, I'm, an hour and 40 minutes is a good running time for this movie. You wouldn't want oh, this yeah. movie to be any longer. No, it can't be. It definitely can't no, be. No, it moves. This movie moves. Like, that's mm-hmm. one thing it's got going for it is it moves. Yeah, there's not much downtime. It does oh. it does run the gambit of emotion too. So this is like there's a roller coaster. That's why it feels like there's um, never a dull moment. You're either angry at Frank for what he's doing, or you feel sad for someone, or anxious that Elliot is going to come in with a shotgun and start pounding people in the face. Yeah, yeah. Also, the scene 
where he's in the restaurant waiting for the ghost and uh, are thinking that the waiter is the ghost. And uh, those two guys are watching him. He's screaming at the eyeball. And he's like, are you, are you him? Are you him? Are you he? <laughs> and he throws, he throws water on a guy he thinks is on fire who's just a waiter walking. And then his line is so always been so funny to me. Is just like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were Richard Pryor. Yeah. <laughs> Which There's makes a story. There's less a story sense. behind that. There's oh, a story. really? Okay, yeah, what that is R- Richard Pryor was uh, uh, doing some cocaine and ended up lighting his hair on fire, or lighting himself on fire, and running down he a New York smoking, street. He was smoking Correct. cocaine. Okay, yeah, he was. Freebasing then. Freebasing. Yeah, he was freebasing. <laughs> yes, that He's is all true. He crazy guy. Not only was that like a terrible incident in his life and like was widely reported, but it, he also <laughs> does stand up about it. He talks yeah. about it and makes fun of it years after it had happened well, he, he was used to very dead well yeah that's right but he was very 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 badly dead. burned um the stand-up on that is great if you want to watch it but oh uh, now i get that though i didn't actually realize that that's where the joke came from yeah neither did i it was a i just thought joke. it was confusing and that's what made it funny <clears throat> you just thought he he was <laughs> I, I thought it was just a throwaway bill said and they used it that's Just funny. like when he trips right after that moment and then continues to get up and walk out the door because he's a yeah. fucking champ, that guy. Yeah, that was a mistake. And everyone like was so pro, especially the waiter. Like if he had a turn to the camera and laughed or anything, that take would have been useless. But he, he just kind of like yeah, incredulously keeps shit, staring. Real gotta pro. keep going. Good job, waiter, who's probably way buried in the credits. <laughs> Not in any list yeah. I got. Do you guys so take a I look at the movie box for this? The old movie poster? Do you find Bill Murray looks like Stanley from Kingpin? <laughs> no. You gotta take I'll a look to, at it. I'll have to look at it, though. There is he one. Looks, is is he it laughing just, or just screaming? Just him by himself on the cover? Yeah, it looks like he's going, ah! Yeah, I don't think it matches the movie very well. <laughs> no. no, not really. <laughs> oh, man. What'd you guys think of Bobcat in this game? He's great. See, Bobcat's... It's funny because he doesn't... What What's his character's name in the Police Academy movies? Oh. Animal or something like that? Oh, I, I can't, can't remember. remember. Whatever his character's name is in that movie. At the beginning of the movie, before he gets drunk, he's not that character. But as soon as he gets drunk, he talks exactly like his character in, in those movies. He does that. Whatever. As soon as he gets drunk. And then he never stops doing that the whole movie. Even when he's in the booth. And he says to that lady, his funniest line, well, that was just a window or whatever, <laughs> that he's still talking like that character from uh, from the Police Academy movies. I found he was sure doing it at the beginning of the movie, too. Did You You didn't pick up on it? A li- not, not as a much. Li- not, well, he's yeah, also he, not as exuberant, right? I think. Yeah, he doesn't he lean talks, into it. I guess no. he does a little bit. Yeah, you're right. He is doing it a little bit. But um, yeah, I mean, I, he's great in this movie. It works. Whatever he's doing works. It's fine. I spent the whole, because of those police academy movies, I spent the whole like first part of my life thinking that's how he talked. Yeah. Because too, it was yeah. just, that's who he was everywhere. Like he had built this character up like Dice Clay, right? Yeah. It was like just built this character up and then that's who he had to be forever. I can't imagine the stress of like one day just being like, hey, hey, this is actually my voice. Everyone yeah, be like, what? Is- You're unhirable. 
I remember yeah. him from One Crazy Summer. Yes, um, I old remember that 80s too. Eighties movie that has Demi Moore and John Cusack. Great and, cast, yeah. And Bobcat Goldthwait, and I remember the 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 trailer or whatever it was at the end. It was like One Crazy Summer. <laughs> That's not I a bad Bobcat. I can't do it. It's not great. It's not great. It's better not, than I've heard. Not, not great, but you try. Gimmicky. It's better than yeah. That's a tough. It's a tough one to do. I mean, it must hurt his voice to talk like that. Oh yeah. Intentionally, like it sounds like it would hurt. He probably gravelly, tried it after years gravelly and rough. He'd be pretty good after a. Couple Karen of Allen years. is good in this. Karen Allen's great in this. Um, yeah. She's so charming, man. In like she anything is. that you see her in, right? I do feel like the ghosts almost steal the show. Carol Kane and uh, and the other guy, the Ghost of Christmas Past, are both so big. They stand out though so much. They're so like, big. They, like I was saying, because ev- everyone else is straight, those ghosts are the wacky ones, and they really stand out. And it's in a yeah. good way, even when they do the fucking Return to the Jedi shit at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where yeah, where they're waving at him <laughs> yeah. from his transformation. Yeah. <laughs> Is, and Herman is, is with them, which always bugs me that Herman doesn't get to live. I know. I always think that the Herman death isn't real, but I always forget that it's in the present. It is, it's but you p- kind of think that there might be a little time this way or that. Like when he goes back to, I guess he never goes back to the beginning of the day. It's also, like is it time is progressing? What, what, if if it, everyone was outside walking around above him in the weather shopping... Does it make sense that he froze solid like an ice cube? Like, why were people outside if it was that cold? Like, how were people outside going going to the store looking for gift ideas? Like, that's. I mean, uh, a lot people of people usually ignore. F- you just don't spend people. No, I'm just outside. saying. Like, how how much colder was it below the street level that he froze to death? And like froze solid. I think the difference is is that, well, yeah, the freezing solid is crazy, but I think he's living out there as opposed to people just going shopping. Yeah, no, he is. I just thought that that, I guess, I mean, what else are you going to do? It works fine. And like the the movie is, the the movie is all extra, right? So having a little extra on his freeze, it's, I don't, I think you're hanging up on details here. I'm just wondering also that guy, he met that guy one time and that guy thought he was some kind of famous actor and then. I don't know. The, like, it's like the Karen Allen thing. Do we need Herman the Freeze? And do we need Karen Allen to betray um, her ideals and her beliefs and become an evil person like Bill Murray's character? Because he said one time at her job and like she was so <laughs> weak. She was so weak in her beliefs that that's what she became. She became like a, a some kind of a socialite. Um. It was weird. That was weird. They shouldn't have put that in. You don't need it. If I would have, if I would have edited anything out, it would have been the Karen Allen scene, uh, where she, where the in the future. Yeah. So I mean, again, comedy. Don't take it too seriously. But um, did Bill Murray's change, like the 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 Christmas past and Christmas present stuff, started to drive his from within change? I think. But the Christmas future guy like shows him a wacky future with Karen Allen based on what I don't know how he got at that future and then just basically like puts him in a box and starts to burn him to death so he'll go straight. Does that does that make his transformation any less profound to you guys or is that an appropriate set of steps like also again 
comedy. Don't take it too seriously. Well, in the no, original, no, he sees his grave, right? He sees yeah. his tombstone or whatever. But I mean, like, that's always bothered me in the original because, like, he's an old man. Like, in the original, he's, like, in his 60s or his 70s. And then he's just like, here's your tombstone. <laughs> Back at a and time when people like, lived to 60 or 70. Yeah, he's just like, well, so, like, okay, well, so you're saying I'm going to die? I kind of already knew that. So, like, should I just, like, live it up? I, but instead, he's like, I should become a good person and, and give all my shit away, or I don't know. Well, the other thing is that the death isn't, like, way in the future, or, like, soon. It's not like he dies tomorrow. His brother looked, like, old and gray, so you can assume that Bill lived to, like, 80-something. It's just his death scaring him. Sorry, Brent, I keep cutting you off. No, it's okay. Um, I was just going to say, like, the Karen Allen thing and the death at the end, I don't believe, like, he's the ghost of the future. I think that, like, obviously the future... If you're making the statement that that is the absolute future, then you are saying that you believe in faith, right? So mm-hmm. I believe that those are potential futures, right? And 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 also angles that are shown to him to give him perspective. One is the voice of someone that he loves and knows to be a gentle, good person. And then what he witnesses is her corruption as a reflection of himself. And that gives him perspective on how... Uh, how he has been living and how the the road he is going down, right? Because um, it kind of puts him outside of himself, gives him a little seat to to judge from outside, and then the death one is just like based around like that whole that whole like memento mori perspective, like like we all are gonna die, right? Yeah. And like they say, like this is a big thing that you're that you should meditate on two to three times a day, um, just with the realization that like yeah. I, I'm going to die. This is all going to come to an end. And it makes you think about like your choices and your legacy and all of that stuff that if you just turn off and just motor forward every day, you're not going to really get a good perspective on. So for me, the ghost of the future was really just trying to, those are like educational tools rather than showing him like, this is the future. Karen Allen's a huge cunt and you end up dying. He's like, yeah, well, you know, I can't fucking help her. And you know, I'm going to die anyways. I think it's more about, uh, perspective and thought. So but to maybe me, those those potential futures aren't they don't seem out of place at all actually. But well, I might I be misinterpreting. It would have been funny if if when he saw Karen Allen he was like happy for her. He was like, "Yeah, so she got rich." He's like, she, "Oh my god, I like her so much. I like this one way better <laughs> than the real Karen Allen. Can I meet this Karen Allen? She looks like she's got her <laughs> shit together." <laughs> yeah. She's just like me. She took my advice. I helped her. Look, she's fucking got tons of money. She's eating at a nice restaurant. But when I fucking met her last time, she was working at a homeless shelter. She's doing great. Yeah. That's a that's a plus for him. That's a win. Magic words. Oh, that's he caused that. That's an interesting perspective though, Brent, that um a teaching tool instead of a showing him the future. The actual I agree. Future. Brent Brent's right though. That is what it is. It's it's uh it's uh their morals or lessons, yeah that he's supposed to be learning. So, it's fine. It like like I said, the one with the the kid where he sees the kid in like a mental institution. Well, he doesn't really know that kid anyway. He saw him one time and when and then he got his like stomach bl- blown on by uh, one of the ghosts. But like what does Bill Mary care about that kid? Like he he's he's only met him once and he accosted him and put him up against the wall. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I think it works because it's a. I'm, it, it still works, but as long it's a comedy, you don't have to put that much thought into it. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not meant to um, be that meaningful. I don't think. Hmm. Yeah, that's kind of where I end up landing at the end of the day. And yeah. With Brent's newfound, newfound perspective on that, he's given me. I'll I'll give it a pass. I'll give it a pass. Yeah, I give it a pass well, too. You've like got I said, to. you could edit. You could you could have <laughs> edited the Karen. Me. You could have edited the Karen Allen thing out, and you could have still had the kid and him burning in the coffin, and it would have been fine. You don't really need to involve Karen Allen. Yeah, no, that's I, that, I do I'm like just, that one the the least of all of them. Yeah, it's just a quick edit. I mean, like it's. The movie I mean, short. She's just, it she's just straight up editing. Cruella Deville sitting in that fucking yeah. whatever Queen's Tea House, wherever the fuck they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, High Danny Elfman music by. Yeah, the best. The best. Good job. Ever. The music. The music. Yeah, he did a good job on this one for sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Playing. Wow. Please excuse That's, that. That's. <laughs> We're going to leave that in. Uh, interesting. You should definitely <laughs> leave that Brent's in. Brent's electronic devices have some strange things going on there. It gives me a reminder every um, every night to move the elf for my daughter uh, so I don't forget because I forgot once this month and she looked at me like, why didn't he move? And just a bunch of fucking gears turning so i want to hear what your what your response was to her how'd you get out of that did you tell her well sometimes he you know he's lazier i said i think he's i think maybe he he said he wasn't feeling well and i think he's died (laughs) you did not say that (laughs) no of course not i said he was handicapped he's broken his spine and couldn't move oh shite well he's moving tonight don't forget. Damn right. And you know who I'll else is moving? The show. Me, because of Danny Elfman's music. There there you go. <laughs> Danny Elfman's music's good. Um, it is good. It is. And this yeah, one it is, yeah. Fun. And this one, it, it works. It goes, it's go, it goes, fits really well that na 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 with that, the voices, the kids, <laughs> like, choir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really works well for the movie. No, Sometimes I, he does a good job. Sometimes he he's uh, not bad. Other times, not so good. <laughs> um, this movie's opening also is quite hilarious with uh, Lee Majors protecting Santa with a minigun. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to talk about what you guys thought about talking about not holding up. It's interesting to me, this movie, because it was so filled with um, things at the time that were popular, lots of pop culture references to Lee Majors and... Uh, Buddy and Hackett. to uh, Buddy Hackett, and then who is the gymnast um, uh, who does Tiny Tim? Uh, Mary Lou Retton. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, and then also Robert Goulet at the beginning, and Beaver. Uh, uh, what was that show called? Uh, um, Leave it to Beaver. Leave it to Beaver. I love. I always really like the the sexual innuendo play on that, where his father he's out chasing Beaver, and father loves Beaver. Is that's all really funny, but. <laughs> But that really does date this movie. So, like, if, if yeah. you were to watch this, like, today, a younger person, they would have no fucking idea any of those people they were talking about. So so does it still work on the level where you could just assume that they would fill in those blanks that, that those so. were because important I never, people? I never recognized any of that stuff when I was young watching it. That's never, fair. That's fair. 
Yeah. So for me, it was never a hang up because to me, those weren't like deal breaker references. Those were just a component of it. And to me, that this was a fictional world and those were things in the fictional world. That's and yeah. That's what I was thinking, forward. too, is you would just assume you would if you didn't know who those were, you would just assume it was made up for the because the the, they're the people who appear like the most made up in Hollywood anyway. They're good at caricaturing that. Yeah, because yeah. they are that in a weird way. I don't know if I'm saying that properly, but um, it's just a it's just a it's a thing that you like as someone who like does writing, you you want to be try and stay away from that because it, it can date your movie very quickly. Uh, one little reference or one joke to to something, uh, you know, like uh, they do it in a 40 year old virgin with his toys and stuff. He has a uh, Steve Rogers. And uh, he has a lot of other toys and stuff from like once again pop culture references. So, yeah, um, since, I don't think movie, it. It's it just background. It's just background fluff. It's not. It's not important. So they they could yeah. have taken that and called that actor like Lee Captain, and you've been like, yeah. is that a nod? I don't really know, but he seems like that kind of guy. I'm here, Santa. Like da, 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 da. that's yeah, all it's they just need. Eggs. Yeah. 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 I just wanted to see what you guys thought because it uh, definitely stuck stuck out to me this time. It, uh, it's like this movie is quite old now. It's 12, 30, 33 years old. Yep. So, yeah, whenever you do that, you uh, you you just risk that that type of uh, dating. Oh, 100%. I think that they do it right, too, because like you say, it's that does ease so easily date something. I can't remember what I was watching the other day, but they were referencing like popular music and popular TV and all that stuff fuck I wish I could remember what it is and at the end of it you're you're very aware of the time on that movie and it I mean it's not it's not good setting for like a period piece type of thing it, it actually does the opposite job I find mm. so I agree with you I think that that it could have been a slippery slope uh, yeah yeah I can like off. I'm definitely I'm working on a project where where people are going to be listening to old records and, and watching old films and stuff and and I, I'm, I was trying to figure out what I should pick and I definitely would probably pick like things like, you know, Led Zeppelin or the Beatles or because the person's like looking at stuff that that is in the past, not stuff that's present. Yeah. And so they're not listening to Billie Eilish. They're they're finding all these old records of these historic, like iconic bands. I think that's a good way of trying to do something like that to not, you know, pigeonhole yourself in 1988 yeah uh it's uh it's a slippery slope but yeah it it doesn't affect it doesn't negatively impact the movie in a way that ruins it i don't think Hmm. no i mean i find the same with soundtrack actually when you watch movies like it can be such a slippery slope if you think about um so for me i'll bring this up so lost boys you think about the music in lost boys right that shall not want and he's like Shah, little baby or whatever <laughs> yeah, like, yeah that shit all fucking still works for me and it, that still is like a real mood to it yeah but then you listen to some other stuff and you hear like smash mouth is like the song that's playing for the fucking montage <laughs> or whatever that is garbage so it's like a real fucking uh slippery slope sometimes of uh of what you choose to put in because it might be something that ends up being classic and then is timeless um yeah, or it could be we, something we like should, Leave It to Beaver, which like I mean, kids now don't don't know Leave It to Beaver. They no, we should we no should do um we should do Shrek because I know Shrek does all that stuff with the music, 
It's almost right. Shrek's thing, though, to to be a pop culture reference in those movies. I wonder if that's yeah. different. That is interesting. That's what I watch. mean, though. It'll be it'll be interesting to see because all of the songs in those movies, and like as soon as you said Smash Mouth, it, that's Shrek came up immediately. Yeah, yeah, because that that's a definite. Somebody like that song. Like it's just like, is that going to be good in that movie? Like fuck. Like that song's not good. Yeah, that's not going to be good. I don't think. Yeah, oh, that's too good. That's too. That's good. definitely a, that would be a really funny cartoon to do in the new year. So we'll have to take note of that. But anyway, back to this. So, what do you guys think of the ending then? Well, let me tell you. It I gets think, right to it. Like this movie is just finishes. Is it's like we yeah. get to where we need to go. We're done singing a big song as we roll credits. We're done. I'll say yeah, that. I mean, Bill Murray does actually assault one of the singers or one of the dancers with the nipples. I guess he doesn't. She, she kisses him. Yep. But uh, yeah, you couldn't get away with that today as the president of the studio kissing one of the dancers uh, no. on the show. That's not going to fly, but it works for the movie. And then he, that would be the only thing I think Karen Allen, she sees him do that. And then, and then he talks about her. But uh, right before that, he was like hitting <laughs> up with, with with one of the solid gold dancers with her nipples hanging out. So if anything should bother Karen Allen, maybe it was that. Well, the the sexual assault happens when the uh, the lady who keeps getting the head wounds, she's the censor or whatever for the network. Um, yeah. Oh, the she running just joke. Decides yeah. To climb on the consultant guy who's like running this, running the show, and he can't. He's tied down and gagged. That's so right. That's not. Yeah, that's, she rapes him. Yeah, she no. does. That is yeah. that was assault. Yeah, but I mean, it probably in '88 it was okay because it was a woman doing it to a man. So they're like, that's gonna fly. That would still yeah. be okay. You still look at headlines where teachers molest uh, young boys, and they don't even say molest or rape. They say like, like forty year old ter- teacher uh, gives oral sex to seven year old boy. It's like that, <laughs> yeah. that's rape. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. the perspective is different. Oh yeah, it is. Um, and then that that whole bit I thought was funny. That worked with her, where she kept getting injured, and uh, she was the censor who was trying to stop them from doing something that Bill Murray wanted to do. And uh, once again, <laughs> <laughs> she keeps getting clubbed, and things fall on her, and he almost breaks her neck. Yeah, so that um, was funny. Some of these movies where you have the like traveling through time, three ghosts, or, or not traveling through time, but like doing the past, present, and future. Some of those movies end. And all the fucked up shit that's happened up to the point where the ending comes goes back to like a time where everything was okay. And that's when the character changes and doesn't end up going through with a lot of the fucked up shit. But in this movie, um, Elliot Loudermilk still like broke into a building with a shotgun and did attempted murder and like traumatized several people in that production booth. Jesus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's no way he's not going to prison. And actually, yeah. Bill Murray is likely also because he was. A conspirator. Yeah, he was. And they held hostage the TV thing. And I don't know, unless the president pulled some serious strings as, uh, you know, he's like, actually, that was the fucking best reviewed Christmas special we've ever had. Well, it definitely was. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Would it have been? He, the president's dancing at the end with his wife, though, and he's super he is, into it. It's lucky that they're super into it. But would would the audience, they'd be like, what the hell? Because he ruins the ending catches the coin and then like breaks the fourth wall and starts talking to the audience. People be like, what the hell? And now they're singing. It's yeah. horrible. Yeah. The president's <laughs> pissed at first, but he seems to like, uh, be, be taken with Bill Murray's, um, transformation as well. 
by the end. So it does seem like he probably will keep his job. Well, I mean, well, if that, that actually did happen, people would. That would have been a huge thing. Everyone would have been talking about it if the president of the network came and interrupted the show and got everybody singing Christmas carols and kissed his girlfriend. And, you know, like that would have... I mean, if that happened today, people would be freaking out over that. He'd be no like doubt. the most popular guy. Until they decided to destroy him, like after a couple of weeks where they dig up all this dirt on him and because people get bored with liking him. Because that's kind of the way things cycle today. You're popular, <laughs> then you like explode, then they destroy you. Someone has that's become cynical in their years. On the <laughs> well, it's I mean it's the uh, it's the whole Tiger Woods syndrome, right? Tiger. Well, I think Woods the Tiger like, Woods syndrome is fucking uh, whores in every city that you go to. But he was. But he was. Uh, everyone loved. Him. Everyone loved reading stories about wh- how amazing he was and how he was like this superstar and then at some point people stop reading those stories so then people dig up dirt on him so they can publish dirt about him and then people get interested again it's pretty His, sad. he just had a lot of dirt i mean like nobody knew how much he had no he was one a had gold to dig up that dirt on that him point. i believe people came forward with that shit well they squashed a story originally on him but I mean, we're getting way off track here now, but just a bit. <laughs> a little just bit. A bit. <laughs> I never cheered against Tiger. I always hoped that he would, you know, be a success story. No, me too. Uh, I wonder how he's doing after his accident. But that's a story for and a question for another pod. Maybe we should. Um, uh, we've actually had some really interesting discussion around Scrooge. I wouldn't call a lot of it gushing. Um, but I don't detect any malice or anything. Or, or Colin seemed like he was a little unsure how to feel in the start. Maybe he's talking himself one way or the other. Brent, he's always handsome. Look at this guy. Uh, I'll go first. Hey. It was like I'll go first tonight if you guys I like want. That my was... words had no effect. John had to resort to my looks. Now I know how women feel. Yeah. <laughs> how dare you? It was. I'll, I'll call it first. It was. It was. It was kind of borderline for me coming in. But I gotta admit, I really enjoy it. And I feel like it all still works for the most part. And uh, at the end, I feel good. And so, so like it ends up pulling it back. Like any any misgivings or issues that I have in the movie, they it brings it together in the end. And it and it it still does work. I feel like it's it's definitely uh, yeah, it still holds up. It's just it's definitely not as good as I remember. But but it's still. <laughs> better than most of the shit people are putting out today it, it holds up it doesn't hold up to what i used to think but it holds up yeah yeah it's 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 like it's not borderline it's it's enjoyable and entertaining still mm. the, the problems do not make it uh unenjoyable well i'll jump on the bandwagon i agree with that i think it holds up too it isn't as good as i remember but i mean this is still one of my favorite Christmas movies after watching it again now. Yeah. I fucking love Bill Murray. I think all the rest of the characters in this are good. I mean, there doesn't seem to be a dull spot, actually, if you think about it. it all moves. the characters are successful. Everyone from the from the executive admin right through to Karen Allen to the brother, like everyone does their job of pulling me in and making me feel for whatever the moment is. And I think that's hard to do with the little time that we spend with a lot of these people, right? It's true. Um, the, the reason the movie this develops everyone really well. The reason this still works today and so many movies don't is because of just the fundamentals of the storytelling, which is is it 
it, the character has a big arc and the story moves. It's just like from scene to scene to scene, it moves and there's no wasted time. And it was edited, like John said earlier, the editing was really good. It's tight. Sounds like there is a ton of waste that they got rid of in this movie. And uh, that is what is going on. That is not what's going on today. All of the movies I see are at least 20 to 30 minutes too long. They're, they're not... They're, they're, nobody cares about the audience anymore. They just care about getting as much of the shit they shot on the screen. And these older movies, some of them, like this, are trains, planes, and automobiles. Still work because they're tight. They respect their audience and our time. And they, they give us like the story that we need to see without any extra bullshit. It's, mm. uh, it's tough like watching movies today and then going back and seeing something that's done right. Agreed. That's why we revisit the past with our show. Johnny right? boy, what do you got? Um, Scrooge was never my favorite comedy, but it always ranked up there in the Christmas movies. I like to watch. I think just because just such a limited few number of Christmas movies that have this kind of focus and tone, which I like, which is a little wacky, a little fantasy, a little, you know, ghosts and grim reapers. Um, so it's not like it got worse over time. I, I, I still think it holds up. Um, it's just, it's not like overly hilariously funny. It kind of, it's an interesting movie. It's an interesting flick that that tries to teach you some life lessons. And I guess they're trying to make Bill Murray into pretty much like the worst guy in the world. And it seems a little insurmountable to me, but it's a comedy and it it gets to the end. And I'm not really I'm not really uh, I'm not really too fussed about it. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's got it's got heart. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a little hard at the end and and it's a bit optimistic and like maybe a bit schlocky, but it but it still works. Yeah, it still works. Yeah, yeah. It, it just does. it's not it does, it's not offensive in any way. It, it doesn't fuck things around. Um, it, Yeah, it's it's fine. Everyone does a good job on this, too. And, uh, I, I, you know, you, you get the sense um, from what you read, if they had to like pull this thing together, it's definitely good. They they cut what they did because adding more like just out of place stuff is um wouldn't work for this movie if it was overly schlocky or you had other characters that were getting too much screen time or anything like that they at the end of the day yeah it, it holds up it's a solid christmas comedy it's one of the better christmas comedies out there but but like i said it, it this would not like rank up there as like one of my favorite comedies of all time or anything uh and no, bill, Murray, bill murray's good but I, there are other roles that i like bill murray a lot more in than this one he can yeah, he I can just do that. this not many people can do this, what he does in this movie. No, I mean, Groundhog Day is, is probably my favorite, but maybe yeah. if I'd have to think of other ones, I mean, Groundhog Day is almost the perfect Bill Murray movie. Like, from beginning to end, pretty much perfect. But, uh, yeah, this one is good. I just, I mean, and I've always had a soft spot for Bill Murray, too. It's it's hard to not enjoy um, a movie when he's in it. He's done some bad ones, for sure, but this isn't one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, well. What do we have next week, Johnny? Well, um, we have a movie coming up, and it's going to be our second Christmas-based movie, and it's going to be the old-timey 
BB gun shooting, tongue stuck on a metal pole, a Christmas story. We're going to get back into that one and see if it still has. Oh, my God. Values. I have not seen this one since I was probably a little kid. Yeah. If it's a wonderful life could hold up. Anything could. Uh, will a Christmas story? I don't know. And then as we do the a Christmas story episode, we'll announce our uh, specially chosen New Year's movie. Uh, can we compete with the all time best New Year's episode of Hold Up Ever, which is Strange Days? Uh, can we compete <laughs> with that? I think maybe. You don't want to announce maybe. what we're going to watch? We'll do it after next show. Soon? We'll do All it right. after next one. We'll make it a little bit of a mystery. We'll save it. So um, that's it. That's all we got for today. Scrooge, go watch it for Christmas. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's a nice comedy and uh, Bill Murray. Super funny as you'd expect. So uh, thanks for listening to this one, everybody. We'll drop our next episode of Christmas Story next week, Sunday at noon. And uh, thanks for coming out. And as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.